Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome back to The Francisca Show, where we encourage fellow artists and entrepreneurs to collaborate and support each other while sharing their stories. I'm Francisca, a singer, composer, and also your host. And today we have Nahama Cohen from Lakewood, a singer, songwriter, performer, and so much more. And just before we begin the show, I'd like to thank our sponsors. ShopDrop is an iPhone app that lists every sample sale in New York. So if you want to buy designer clothes without breaking the bank, go to your iPhone and download the Shop Drop app today. Welcome to the show, Nahama. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's such an honor. Uh, since the first time I've heard your name and looked up your music, I was really amazed at what I found. It's such amazing quality and such beautiful music, really? both melodically and lyrically. And the production level was on a, such a professional scale. So I was really, um, I was very impressed to see that there is real talent out there that's being taken seriously. So congratulations on that. And we're so excited to have you Thank on the you show. Thank you so much. And I really want to share your story and the, the, the woman behind this album, the woman behind this talent and behind the microphone. And we want to know more about you and who you really are. <laughs> And um, <laughs> what I find most interesting about you, um, in comparison to all the other interviews I do, mostly the women come from, you know, the outside world where they're either born and raised in out-of-town communities or they're not raised in Jewish communities or from communities to begin with. And then they enter uh -huh. the mainstream community trying to break in uh, this way. You, on the other hand, come from an, an extremely insular community one of the more insular communities out there being lakewood where there isn't much um appreciation or education and exposure to music on a professional scale yeah. so tell me more about how 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 did you come about and how did that happen how did you evolve <laughs> so obviously that's a very big story and process but i i definitely found um, that this is something that was stopping me in the beginning um, because, as you said, I come from an insular community, and that's what I used to tell people. And I said, I want to put out music, but I'm not one of those, you know, balchuva people or someone who has, like, a story. So how am I going to do what I want to do um, because it's different than everybody else? At the same time, I didn't really understand that that, that could be that could be great that it's different and it's unique and it's something that people haven't really heard before and haven't experienced before. That's very true. You know, you're trying to be the same like everyone else and then you realize, Oh, I actually have an upper hand because I'm different. So I guess yeah, it's actually I using what that. makes you unique to, to launch who you are and which I didn't actually do that. Like strategically, I'm just looking back, noticing that, you know, that I did have that fear thinking that I don't have a story like these other people. So how am I going to put out music and, 
Um, but I decided to go for it anyway. And, and now looking back, I see how that, how that gave me like a unique um, dynamic. For sure. So take us through the, the first step. So you were in high school, I'm assuming, and you decided you're going to start and you were writing your own songs and you decided you're going to record an album. And yeah, I mean, I mean, as I was writing songs, like I didn't, I didn't really have any plan to put them out or to do anything of the sort, but there was always something in me that wanted to like, when I was little, I said, yeah, I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to put out music. I'm, that's just something that I believed in this like dream that I would do, but I didn't actually practically uh, like move forward with it until probably the end of high school. Probably I was 17, 16, 17. And I had a bunch of songs written already. I remember saying I have 25 songs like written and I want to do something with it. Um, and I started just researching. I went on, you know, my computer and I just researched like producers, New Jersey, how to record album, had like, process of making a soundtrack like I literally just started doing my own little research and contacting people I started working with um, a couple of people that didn't exactly work out and end up being the you know the end result but um, I would I would really just research and contact people and try to figure out how how can I make this dream happen how can I do this and figure this out by myself wow and you were a minor at the time and where did you get the funding to to record your first album? <laughs> so all the funding was for me. Um, yes, I was a minor, but I'm a very ambitious person. And um, when I believe in something and I want something, I, I make it happen. I've been working since I was 16, I think at least, um, to make money to go to Israel to do this music and just everything that I wanted to accomplish. I, you know, I decided to go for it and make it happen. That's so admirable, really. You know, you want something, you. you went and you figured it out and you weren't even 18 at the time. That's really, really amazing. Um, Thanks. So, you know, I, you said 25 songs. Can you tell, take us through the process of you writing a song how does it happen to you? Does it just come to you all at once? Do you have to sit down? Like, I know everyone has a different way of of working with their right, gift. Right, right, for sure. Um, it's it's hard for me to answer this question, even though I get it a lot, just because I'm not really like every every song came about in a different way. Like, there's probably like ten different ways, um, at least that a song can actually end up coming together. So, yeah, sometimes it comes to me all at once. Um, like something just hits me, you know, I was, you know, on the school bus or something and an idea comes into my head or like, um, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Sometimes something, someone tells me something and it just sparks something. Anytime I feel a little bit of that inspiration and passion and my ideas start turning in my head, which is probably like every other minute, I start writing things down and, um, or I used to take out my guitar or start playing on the piano. I played on the piano first. So that was something that I, um, that I used first to try to like write down and I would just start playing different chords and, um, you know, be thinking and, and start saying sentences and singing lines and, and start writing it down and put it together. Sometimes I actually just take out a pen and paper and just write freely. And then like, it's a song. So, you know, every time it's a little bit of a different 
process. Sometimes the music comes first, sometimes the words come first, sometimes it actually comes at the same time. Or I start a song and two years later I, I you know, add another line or finish it up. So like actually with this with my heartbeat song I did that. The first um draft of the song got lost because I probably wrote it down on some like paper towel or napkin and I just lost it and I couldn't remember it. But I did remember like the chorus. So I was like, I have this chorus and I believe in this message like of this song, but I don't have like the verses. And um, I tried writing the verses again and then I like threw the whole thing. I scratched it. I was like, nope, this is not it. It's never going to be as good as the one before. And I still have no clue what the one before is, but I rewrote the verses probably a few times until I decided like that that was it. And that was going to be that's going to finish up the song and it doesn't matter what the first version was. And so actually that's how Harpy came to be over the course of probably two to three years. Wow. I really love that story. It reminds me of, you know, the business idea or the the contracts that are written on a napkin and in a bar, you know, (laughs) the big big (laughs) things come from, you know, that's really, that's really what happens. Although I try to be a little more organized um, these days, like I'm writing a lot of notes in my phone um, and stuff like that. But at the same time, like, you know, my phone broke on a roller coaster and then I lost all that. So like it's happened many times that I've lost my work, but I guess that's part of an artist personality. Easy come, easy go sometimes, right? <laughs> Which is I'm sorry, what? I said easy come, easy go sometimes. Oh yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Not always. Um, so you've mentioned like the right. messages that you love in, um, you know, the song Heartbeat, for example. Could you tell us what your primary messages as a female Orthodox singer-songwriter are? Um, yes. Okay, so I guess my, my main message is to let people know that they're not alone and that there are other people that feel the way they do and think the way they do and that the unique part that they have, the heart and soul that they have, is something that's beautiful and wanted in this world. And we can all connect. I just want to bring more connection and more open and honest conversation into the Jewish world. And, um, yeah, just really bring, bring people together. And with heartbeat, um, I feel like I felt like people didn't talk about so much about their struggles and about how life can be really challenging and really hard and all the things that people go through and that make them who they are to embrace it and to use it to like make them stronger and to, to realize that that's a strength and not to feel like you're different and you're weak because you're the only one that's struggling because you're not the only one. And that's something, you know, the, the hard, the hardships of life is what's giving you, giving you your greatness. And that's really the main message that I wanted to give out. And I felt like that was the main message of the, the way I write my songs and in general. And so I felt like the song Harpy kind of like encapsulated that, um, that main idea and just brought forth that concept that I wanted to portray. Wow. So since you're such a real person and you started writing at such a young age, I'm wondering where does that loneliness and um, understanding of hardships and that everyone is, is suffering through them uh, in a lonely way, how, how did you come to that you know, mature understanding at such a young age? Especially in a place um, where everyone's yeah. running so fast. Everyone seems to be happily jumping and dancing at one simcha to the next. In a place like Lakewood, you would think every night there yeah. are tons of weddings and bar mitzvahs. So how, 
Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you talk. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think that, that for me, I, I, I don't really know because I think I've just always been that, that kind of person. I, I grew up and, and as a kid, I felt, you know, more mature and, and like, I understood things on a, on a different level. Um, and even that alone, like set me apart from my friends and gave me that insight into what it feels to, to just, just discover your inner world by yourself. Um, and I think also the fact that I, that I live in this community and that I grew up in, um, in certain things about, about my, how I grew up were opposite to my, to my personality and to my core. Um, like you mentioned, like from Simcha to Simcha and all happiness and all this stuff going on. And I was like, where, you know, where is the platform for, for the other things in life? And I just felt like, because it wasn't, it wasn't there. It almost like magnified what was in myself. Um, so I think that that contrast also like brought it to life more, maybe. Wow. So I see you're more of an introvert and you keep coming back to that. Did you, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm wondering like during school plays and any projects that were artistic throughout your childhood, were you involved in them? Did you take leadership positions or, or lead roles? Um, in those kind of projects, or not, do you stay away from Not them? really. <laughs> and how's um, that? So I am an introvert, and people have a hard time believing that sometimes. But I, I do push myself to be, you know, as open and outgoing as possible in the sense of connecting to people. But but honestly, it is a struggle for me to, you know, to be that outgoing person. I am an introvert, and I connect to people, but more on the one-on-one and deep level as opposed to the exterior um stuff but but yeah I'm sorry I forgot the second part of your question no it's just so were you you so you weren't in, so involved in school projects or arts projects oh uh, yeah I mean I really just stayed away from it that's the truth like I I didn't really want people to know that I sang or that I you know love music I, I guess I'm not sure if I felt that it would be that I would have a place in it and that it would I would want that like attention or whatever it was. So I really just stayed away from it altogether. Um, I think until 11th grade, um, I was, I decided to join the school choir and um, I got a solo and I sang and people were like, Oh, you did so well. You have such an amazing voice. And and I was just like, thanks. Like I didn't, I didn't, I was just like, okay, whatever. And uh, the next year, they, the jobs for like the 12th graders. So I, I got choir head. And from there, I ended up, you know, leading the choir and just starting to, to get more into, I guess that was my first position that opened me up to that, like, leadership-ish kind of role. Um, and yeah, that's the first time that people even knew that I sing or play or have anything to do with music. So did your friends support you when you came out with your first album? I know it was a tremendous success and you sold a ton of copies. I don't remember the up-to-date number, but um, <laughs> it, it's played all over the world. And it was, you know, a smashing success, I would say, for a Koleisha, for a Koleisha, an album. <laughs> there yeah, thank God. Thank you. So how yeah. did you get there? And did your friends and family support the album itself in terms of, you know, buying it and spreading the word? And you have tons well, of Instagram followers and... 
you have fans, you have <laughs> diehard fans, you, you have people who are obsessed with you. And, and I love them all. And I really appreciate their, their support. And for sure, my friends, I mean, I remember sitting in my room with my sister and my friends, like actually deciding which songs were going to go on the album. Um, and we like voted on them and decided, you know, which one, oh, there's two songs that mention, you know, prayer. So let's pick which one, you know, we think is better for the album. Like we had the, all these like sessions, just voting on, on songs and stuff like that. So my sister, Leah, who's amazing and helped me tons with my music, um, her and a couple of my other friends really have been amazing supports. And my family, everybody, you know, is, I hope they're proud and they try to spread the word. And um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what how it took off and what happened. I, I didn't advertise. I didn't really have any plan, honestly, going into this. And um, I just put it out and it was literally just an honest, like expression of me and my creativity. And, and it just took off from there. And it was well received. So that's nice to hear, but we <laughs> all have challenges and setbacks, especially in this career. Um, let's tap into that field because it's not all fame and fun and, and, and music, <laughs> there are also challenges. And I want to hear what your challenges have been and what your perspective is now because you had to face them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been rough in many ways. Um, I think just the whole Kalisha thing, it took me a while to come around to it and embrace it, um, that this is my, you know, my role in life. And that's almost like my cap of where I can take my music. Um, but I, I think, I think over the years is probably even after I put out my album, I've become, I've embraced it more and accepted more, um, and actually appreciated that I had this cap because almost this limitation gave me the, the freedom to express myself in a safe and, you know, uplifting environment as opposed to anything, you know, how it could have gone anywhere else. Um, and, and I think, I think there's a lot of aspects to, being in my position that are challenging as far as pressure um, and people knowing me, especially in Lakewood going, you know, walking outside or going to a store. Um, it's, it's not easy for me, but at the same time, I'm just so blessed and grateful to have had this opportunity and to be in this position where I know that I did something meaningful that made a difference in people's lives. I'm just thinking of, I remember a few months saying, you know, I don't think anyone's ever going to recognize me on the street for Francisca. <laughs> and I said that after someone asked me if I'm, if they knew me. And then they were like, oh, you're so-and-so sister. And I'm like, when am I going to be me? <laughs> when am I going to not be That's so funny. or someone's sister? I say the opposite. I'm like, when, are, when is I'm going to say, I say my name and I try not to say my last name. I'm like, there. people are like, what's your name? I'm like, Nahama. They're like, yeah, Nahama what? I'm like. Oh, oh gosh, now I have to say. So then I say Cohen and they're like, Vina Kamakon and I'm like, Uh oh, hide me now. Like <laughs> it's No, true. it's so sweet. It's just it's a little bit hard sometimes, you know, to yeah. have to always feel like I'm on, you know? Absolutely. And we have t uh, touched upon this topic in previous episodes, but it's so ironic that someone like me and you who goes on stage and really acts like an extrovert because we're putting our whole selves out there uh, mm -hmm. in actual life we're introverts and we don't want to share and we just want to be real and we don't want to talk about the 
superficial stuff or, you know, mingle, right. mingle right. in a place with so many people. So I find that so ironic. And do you have <laughs> anything to say about that? Yeah, for sure. I actually, people, people say this all the time, like, how, how do you do that? Like, and I don't like to, to speak in public or to even just to go into a room full of a crowded room full of people like that scares me. So it's, I think going on stage is, is it just becomes like a different concept for me because that is almost tapping into the, the deeper, not superficial. That's the real connecting to people because when I sing, and not speak as in normal life when I'm just singing. I'm connecting to the, that, the deeper part of me, that internal part of me, and I'm connecting to all the people in the room, to their internal parts of them. And so I think that, that we're just connecting on, on, in a real and deep way. And so the external and you know superficial, um, extroverted kind of stuff is not even relevant at that point and so I think that for me the beginning the first 30 seconds on stage is probably where it's like I'm making that transition to like you know oh wow I'm in front of all these people and then I actually just like go into myself and actually you know become that the song and the the message that I'm that I'm singing so I think it's like it, it sounds ironic but I think when you think about it it makes sense that you know someone who has a full you know, rich internal world is able to go into that and connect to other people with that without having to, to be that extroverted personality. It's true. You have these majorly talented guitarists who are super socially awkward, but then they'll take out the guitar and then they're just. Yeah, for sure. You see it all the time. I I think it's like, it sounds funny. And if you think about it for another like five minutes, like you could think of so many examples of where, you know, where this rings true. So true. Um, so as someone who has successfully launched an album, has performed in so many places, has pretty much, uh, you know, brand name recognition, what do you feel like is lacking in the Kalisha market? Where, where has the, you know, the wall hit you where you feel like you haven't been able able to cross over or accomplish more? Um, yeah. What, um, uh, I'm trying to think of what to, of how to narrow down what what I think is lacking. Um, I mean, I'll just say from my experience, I guess. From my experience, um, I, I feel like maybe what's lacking is the the support and the interaction because I think sometimes people, you know, they listen to music or they get it from their friends or whatever they're doing, um, but they're not as active when it comes to like coming to concerts and events and um, I don't know, I feel like sometimes that this, this, the live support, not just, you know, the, the fact of like listening to the music or buying the album, hopefully, but I think the live support, like um, to coming to concerts, I think people are not as into like the artistic world as much as I am. So that's something that I, that I see. But I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of aspects to touch on. I'm not really sure where to go. <laughs> I hear that. And you're so talented in so many different ways. And you're not just focusing yes. on music. You're also focusing on other things in your life. So can you tell us what you keep yourself busy with these days in terms of you know, self-development? I, I think you're in school. Am I right? Yep. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing a lot more than... 
I understand. Um, but basically, I'm in college. Um, eventually, want to become a psychologist. Eventually, eventually. But right now, I'm just in like the undergrad um, journey. Um, I also work with special needs part time. Um, I teach guitar lessons, and I work in a school in Lakewood called Shalva. No wonder. So that's pretty much what I do. Yeah, no. Yeah, no wonder I couldn't pin you down for an interview. Now I actually know what you're so busy with. <laughs> this is so amazing. Yeah. You, you seem like you have, you're on such a mission and you have so much to give and you, you care so much for other people in so many different Thank ways. You. In I, terms I, of try. I try my best, yeah. I'm really <laughs> in awe and I'm inspired by you because you are, you're focused, you're driven and you're you're not ready to settle for something that's that you know you're not ready to say this is all that's going to be me let me try to develop other areas let me try to make a difference in other ways and yeah for sure i think it's so important to you know as much as people focus on one thing and i, I never set out for music to be my main focus because it's such a huge part of my life it's almost like i don't have to try to make it a focus it just is but at the same time, I'm, you know, a person with a full world and, you know, in me and so many aspects to myself. And I want to, I want to, you know, develop myself in all these ways and live a multifaceted life, you know, not just in one dimension. So it's important to me to like focus on all these other aspects of my life, just as much as the fact that I'm a musician, you know, I'm also a college student. I'm also a teacher. Um, and, you know, I take those just as seriously. That's really beautifully said. And um, thank you. Thank you for all your work and your service and your, uh, your love. My pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so let's just close up with some uh, messages or closing remarks or any requests you would have from your fans and support system. I know <laughs> I put a lot of things. So what I, what I would want to say, I guess, to my fans, firstly, is that when I'm talking about meeting people and things that are hard for me like that, it does not mean that I don't want to meet you. So please, please come up to me, say hi. I love meeting all of you and giving you hugs and taking pictures and all that. I really, really do. Um, and I just want to say thank you for listening to my music and for supporting me. For If you bought an album or bought a song or came to a show – like it means the world to me and the fact that you send me emails and tell me how much I'm impacting your life. Like that's literally, that's literally why I, I did what I did and, and it just keeps me going. So thank you so much for that. Um, and yeah, I'd love to see more of you. I'd love to see more, you know, activity on my social media and when I make events, like I just want to meet as many of you as possible. And if you can help me spread, spread my music and spread the message then that's that's all I that's all I request. <laughs> that's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Nahama Cohen, for being on our show and for My pleasure. Thank you so so much for having me and for your insightful questions. And you can follow Nahama on make sure yeah, to buy her. At Nahama Music on Instagram and that's where I'm most active, so definitely be sure to follow me on there. Yes, and make sure to hire her for your bat mitzvah or event and buy her album. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming back and listening to the Francisca Show podcast episodes. Please make sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or any other way you get your podcast. 
make sure to tune in next time.